host Brad Thompson. I'm the executive director of St. Columba Camp and Retreat Center right here in Memphis, Tennessee, online at www.stcmemphis.org. We're grateful to have you today, and I have invited a number of very good friends from the camping industry, um, specifically the Episcopal camping industry, um, throughout the entire nation. Um, Kids these days, um, after this era of COVID, are Um, confronted with many things. And one of the things that we um, as a community are uh, gathering um, ideas and resources and programs around is how do we respond to this COVID era this summer during camp? So um, we have a a, a number of guests that are going to be joining us today. And I'll just kind of call on each and every one of them to introduce themselves, where they're from, what they do, um, maybe how long you've been in the industry. Jimmy? Do you mind going first? Sure, Brad. Thank you. And, and hello, Faithfully Memphis. It's a pleasure uh, to be talking with all of you today. So I am Jimmy Hayden, and I'm here at Camp Canuga, which is in western North Carolina, specifically outside of Hendersonville, which is, which is near Asheville. Um, thank you for having us, Brad. My name is Eleanor Reeves, and I am the executive director at Camp Beckwith in Fairhope, Alabama. And it's a pleasure to be sharing this uh, conversation with you guys today in Memphis. Good afternoon, Brad, and faithfully Memphis. My name is Marty Beck. I'm the executive director for Paradise Point Summer Camp, and we're located in beautiful McCall, Idaho, about two hours north of Boise, Idaho. Wonderful. Joanne, tell us about yourself. Uh- Good morning, Brad, and hello, Faithfully Memphis. Um, My name is Joanne Kovac-Roberts, and I'm Executive Director at St. Crispin's Conference Center and Camp in Wewoka, which is located in central Oklahoma. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Brad. My name is Julia Connolly. I'm the Executive Director at Camp Wright, which is located on the beautiful eastern shore of Maryland. We run a day and overnight camp here, and we're excited to talk to you today. Wonderful. And last but not least, we actually have a camp director from right here in Memphis. Uh, I sit just a few minutes away or a few feet away from him. Matthew, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, I'm Matthew Earhart. I'm the camp director at uh, St. Columba right here in Memphis. Um, and Brad asked, told me to be a part of this. So I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> very nice. Very subtle, too. Uh, so uh, what we're going to be doing is, is really talking about um, camps this summer Um, specifically, you know, the faith elements of camp um, to stay, you know, within this concept of Faithfully Memphis. Um, Jimmy, as you think about camps as a faith community, um, what are campers getting out of camp? Well, Brad, um, I think about our association's why statement of our Episcopal camps across the country, and we we say that uh, Episcopal Camp and Conference Centers exist to build communities that inspire transformative leaders. And specifically, when I think of Camp Canuga in North Carolina, a couple summers ago, we started to use the curriculum that was created by the Episcopal Church office um, around how to live uh, the way of a, of the way of love, I should say, fully. 
And, and it had the key words of learn, pray, worship, bless, go, rest, turn. And I'll say those again. Learn, pray, worship, bless, go, rest, turn. And so as a camp, we brought that into the, the, the sort of faith community, faith development um, uh, from campers and also from staff. So each day we focused on one of those words. Um, let's say it was learn. And in the morning, we do sort of morning shine, more energy active things. So maybe it involved music around learning. Um, and, and then throughout the day, we asked them to, you know, pay attention to where you see learning uh, in yourself, but also in your, in your small group, which at a camp is your cabin group, but also in the, the whole community, which would be the whole camp. And in the evenings in, in cabin worship, the counselors were trained and, and how to um, sort of unfold that day and, and share and, and everyone share where, where they saw that, that word in the life of the camp, in the life of that community during the day. That's really wonderful. Eleanor, tell, what are your kids down at Beckwith getting out of camp? Well, I think that uh, Jimmy hit on a lot of good points. I think this summer, summer of 2021, I believe community is going to be key for these kids. They have uh, been in school together, but have not really been in a community of faith for approximately about a year. And one of the things that camp offers is young adults, the camp counselors that become role models for these campers, these children, on what it means to live in a faith community. What does that look like? What are the expectations? Um, what are the outcomes of that? And I think our young adult leaders, our camp counselors are really good role models um, in these Christian communities for these kids. Wonderful, wonderful. Marty, um, when you think about Paradise Point Camp um, and, and sort of the role of faith at camp, what are, what are the, the ways that you um, incorporate that into your program? It's a great question, Brad. Um, I'll tell you, I, I was going to really start to emulate a little bit of what uh, already <laughs> Jimmy and, and Eleanor have already touched base on, based on is the love in the community. And what we've realized is along the way is we're, we're um, first and foremost, we create a safe space. Um, and we realize that sometimes we, we focus so much on the fun and, and that's what the kids really need to see. But once we realized that we took a step back and realized for them to have fun, they've gotta be in a safe space. And what, what also comes about when you create, you know, programming within a safe space is you start to create confidence and you start to find out that when, when the cell phones are away and confidence is building, conversations happen uh, within their own age group that allows them to experience and start to find their own voice. And within that voice, they start to experience new things that they have maybe have, have would have never had the opportunity to try if it weren't for what happens here at, at, at camps. Um, but within that safe space also becomes a thin space. And that's the faith piece that we really start to touch base, base on. And, and that if you, if you feel safe and you've been able to be in a place where you're in that community and you're in fellowship with other like-minded individuals, then that space becomes thin. And that space between heaven and earth is, is almost tangible. You can feel it, you can hear it, you can smell it. And uh, I think that's where um, here at Paradise Point in Idaho, that's where we start to uh, incorporate that in. But it's also the shared feeling that we feel all around the network of camps that we have. And, 
in Idaho and well and across the nation for that matter. Wow, that's really amazing. Uh, Joanne, um, talk to us about what happens there at St. Crispin's um, and, and talk about what you know y'all do to incorporate faith, but what are some other things that kids are also getting out of camp when you think about um, you know, sort of the, the outputs of what they're getting um, when they attend St. Crispin's camps? Thank you, Brad. Um, so at St. Crispin's uh, in the late 70s or early 80s, they developed what they called the rule of life. And it's reflecting the commitment to live in Christian community at camp. And there's five uh, major pillars of that. And the first one is that we are, we are a community of daily worship and prayer, um, that we gather together and worship together and pray together. And then out of our worship and communion with God, we strive to respect the uniqueness of each individual. We want to make sure that we create a safe space that each child that comes to St. Crispin's can be their authentic self. Um, we do not put each other or ourselves down. It's really important um, for both staff and campers because we can be our own worst critic. And it's really important that we build each other up. Um, we're willing to level in love, honoring each other with honesty and respect. Um, always, if there's a disagreement or if there's um, issues with campers or staff, we try to level in love and come at it um, with, from a Christian perspective. And we do everything out of love for God, self, and one another. And um, we are in this life together. And so when kids walk away, we hope that they understand that they're a precious child of God and that we, you know, so often right now we see an individual individualistic society and we try to teach and explain that living in community is really important and that we're stronger together um, and that they should strive for justice and respect for all people. That's beautiful. Julia, tell us about Camp Right. How do y'all um, incorporate faith into your programs? Julia's a tough act to follow here. Um, it's just, that was a really beautiful statement about, about St. Christmas. I just wanted to think on that for a second. But um, one thing I always turn to, so we have a really old diocese. Most of the people who attend parishes in our diocese are older people, retirees and grandparents. And we have one parish in our diocese that's full of old people, like real old people. And um, there's one young family that attended there and one of their kids grew up coming to camp was a staff person with us. And he, once he told me, um, that at Camp Rights, he learned that church is just is not just old people in an old place doing old things. And I think that one of the things that really makes faith-based camping special is it's at camp where kids get to really wrap their their hands, their hearts around what it um what it means to be a child of God created in God's image and what it means to love others as self. And that's what we focus on here. Um, and the other thing that's really special, and this ties into what our staff does as well, is that they, they watch our young staff, our young adult staff, um, living a life of servant leadership, which is really impactful, uh, both for the staff and for the campers. Wonderful. Matthew, um, you know, we, we, uh, do some things different here at St. Columba, but, um, we really, really have two different camps. I was kind of hoping that you might answer that same question about, you know, uh, St. Columbus camps as a faith community, but also talk about 
um, how we have two different camps. So uh, for those who may not know, Camp Abel is a week-long day camp for uh, camp campers with uh, special and diverse needs and their staff stays overnight. And that is a, it's a wonderful week to, to be a part of and to oversee. And, and something that's been going through my head, just listening to all these other great responses um, and tying it back into faith is, is the line, they will know we are Christians by our love. And that is just lived out through the ministry and servant leadership that our staff, especially at Camp Abel show. Um, I mean, they just give so much of themselves throughout the entire day. It's a one-to-one -one ratio of, of staff to camper. Um, so they are fully invested for the entire day. Um, and, and so that is just, I mean, when you talk about modeling and living in the, that Christian life of what it means to, to serve, uh, that, is, that is definitely one of them. And then at Mud Camp, uh, it looks a little bit different. The ratios are a little different. The age group of campers are sometimes a little different. Uh, but it's the same concept of just treating everybody with respect, living in this loving faith community where, as, as Joanne said, it's, it's a safe place for everyone to come and just be themselves, um, which is something that I think kind of going back to, to Eleanor, who, who talked about that community and how campers just need, need that, that place to be able to come together in community that we've been missing this past year. So um, this is wonderful, y'all. Um, uh, Matthew touched on uh, our next song, which is They Will Know We Are Christians. What's up, Light in the Valley? I'm Virginia, and I'll be singing They'll Know We Are Christians by Our Love.
for listening. Have a great day. All right, and we're back and uh, looking forward to talking more about what, what's happening at camps this summer across our nation. Uh, again, you're listening in to Faithfully Memphis with Bishop Phoebe Rofe. I'm your guest host, Brad Thompson, Executive Director of St. Columba Camp and Retreat Center right here in Memphis, Tennessee. We're online at stcmemphis.org. Um, some of you touched on this, but um, the, the role of uh, camps and faith and faith communities, especially as it touches the, the lives of um, our high school and college age staff, um, uh, we touched on it, but I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper. Jimmy, um, do you mind, you know, kind of answering that question? What, what, what are, what's happening with uh, college age students when they, when they come and work at Canuga? Sure, Brad. So, um, you know, our, our counselors are typically you know, the high school age and the program staff, uh, you know, college age and other leadership staff. Um, you know, I, I think what we see is their growth. Um, they, again, the camp community is a safe place, a safe place to be who God created you to be. And that's true for both the camper and the counselor and the program staff, so forth and so on. What I see is um, the counselor, most of them used to be campers. Most of them grew up going to camp and they, you know, they looked up to the counselor. So the counselor's were their mentors and now their counselors and their mentors maybe are some of the leadership staff and the director of the camp, so forth and so on, dining um, as they are growing in their faith. What, what does God have in store for um, your camp counselors in, at St. Crispin's? Oh, wow. Well, um, first, I believe that we actually have two sets of kids at camp. Um, I believe we have the campers that we serve and the counselors. Um, even though the counselors are adults, I still feel like in some way they're kids. And while we ask them to be positive role models for our campers, I want our directors to be positive role models for our camp staff. And I want the counselors to experience the same growth personally and spiritually as our campers. Um, I want them to know that they can maintain and build healthy relationships and that it's okay to put others' needs before their own. Um, I want them to know and feel that they're a precious child of God. Um, there are so many pressures on our young adults to be successful and to be the perfect person. Um, that our hope is that they feel a part of our community and feel safe to share their authentic self. And um, we understand that all of our staff are in a different part of their own faith journey, just like the campers. And I want them to know that they can experience and learn from the faith journey that they have at St. Crispin's and that they can contribute to the spiritual life at camp. Um, and so I think it's just really important that we acknowledge that these young adults may be questioning their own faith and how can they help grow the faith of the kids, the campers that come. And so we need to be available to them to answer their questions and help with their journey. Well, and it sounds like you're really giving them a, a very apparent place in the church. Um, there at St. Crispin's. And, and Julia, I was kind of hoping that you might chime in. You know, wh what is the place that these, these kids that are in high school and college that come to serve at camp, 
you know, are, are they finding that this is their place in the church and are they fine? And what else are they finding out um, about their own spirituality? Um, sure. So one of the, the oldest camp mottos that we have around here is uh, it's Camp Right, learning to live together in a Christian way. So we strive to set up a community where learning is valued, where missing the mark is okay, and trying again is encouraged. Um, we are incredibly open to having staff that aren't Christian or who aren't who are questioning, you know, where their place is. And uh, we found that as they walk next to our campers in their wondering and their discovery of faith, they find themselves enriched in their formation journey as well. So, um, you know, our staff are challenged and encouraged in community. Uh, they have time to put their cell phones down, to turn off TikTok and reconnect with, with um, what's most important with connections and with relationship, connections to people they might not meet in other places, relationships they may not have um, otherwise formed. Um, and they get time to, to really look at who they are and who they want to be in the world. And that's, that's powerful stuff. Uh, like Joanne said, our young adult ministry at Camp Right is just as important as the work we're doing for children. Uh, and I shout that from the rooftops that uh, Camp Right is a place for young adults to be formed and transformed, um, offer them so, some space to work it all out. And, and it's a blessing to Absolutely. do that. Sounds like family. Um, Matthew, um, as you think about the work that we do here at St. Columba, um, you know, especially as uh, many, many Memphians are thinking about their teenagers and college age um, uh, children, um, you know, what are they able to contribute out at St. Columba's camps? And, and what do you think that God has in store for them as they, they um, spend time serving um, the children at camp? Um, well, as someone who kind of grew up as a camp counselor right here at Mud Camp and then went on to work for the church for a number of years and then came back to, to work at camp again, um, I feel like I'm a, a living example of a high school person whose first job was working as a camp counselor who it, it directly affected me um, and, and my life. I learned, I mean, going last, everyone kind of already goes over all the stuff you can touch on. I mean, I learned how to fill out my tax forms. I was forced to, to memorize my social security number because I had to fill out W-4s and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's had a very, very direct impact. And that is something that I've, I've always tried to kind of like pass along. Back when I was uh, working as a youth minister at, at Holy Communion, one thing that I really kind of focused on was I can spend all of my time working on building relationships with the youth or at camp with the campers. Um, and that can only go so far, but if I spend my time kind of working with the volunteers or working with our staff and get them developed to work with the campers, then we have exponential, like more number of hours that we are building those relationships with our campers. So, um, I think it was Joanne who was kind of talking about um, we, we, we are not only ministering to our campers, but we're ministering to our, our young adults, our, our college and high school age students. And how can we minister to them and, and be those role models for them to show them how they can be role models for the next generation? Um, and, and it does have an effect. I mean, my, my camp counselors are mentors of mine now, and, and there's when I think back to my experience at camp, I mean, it is, it is a very direct, like I went to camp, I did this, and this is kind of what I got from it. So anyone in Memphis who, who's kind of looking for the, something for their high school students or college students, 
um, that that's kind of what we focus on, and, and I think we do it pretty well. So our applications are online, mudcamp.com. Um, so that and they are online at mudcamp.com. We encourage you to join us um, in in the the spirit of camp uh, with this next song. to get into the context that we are um, facing in, in this 2021 season, um, we are coming out of um, a once in a multi-generational uh, pandemic. And um, as we think about, you know, there's really two populations of, of people that are served by um, camp. You got the high school sort of college age um, formation happening, but also the, the lives and, and experiences of our campers. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, what you know kids are going through these days from um, the perspective of, of so many of my, my closest colleagues. Um, Jimmy, what do you think these last 14 months um, of the COVID pandemic have really um, changed or formed in our kids? And, and what are we up against um, as we're planning our camps this summer? 
Well, Brad, I, I think, uh, well, I don't know how it's changed kids in Western Tennessee, but in Western North Carolina, I think it's turned them all into zombies. Um, it's been tough. Um, but I do know this, that, that kids are resilient. Um, I'll use the example of my own son and he's, you know, he's 18. He, he will be going to college, uh, this fall and he's going to the university of Alabama. So roll tide. He's been a great student, his whole, you know, school career up until this last semester. And I think COVID impacted him in a way um, for several months of doing, you know, virtual learning, we'll call it learning, but it wasn't very good learning. Um, and it, and it finally got to him and his grades suffered, uh, socially, just not seeing all his friends as frequently, all that, not as much interaction with people. But I think that's true across this country and across students in all grade levels. Um, but they are resilient. They made it through. Um, I think we do know that there's something about being in community, whether you're an adult or a child. And camp is a special community where, you know, that I don't know, it's it's I say it's sort of that life-giving force where they get to experience three things. They get to experience community, yes, they're there together at camp. Most of our places are also in rural areas. They get to experience nature and to get familiar with the natural rhythms of life. And then they also get to experience the creator in our camps. You know, we're Christian-based, happen to be the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement, um, but they get, to experience the creator. And I say that with a capital C, the divine God, however you name it. Um, but I think it's those three things that create the unique experience, being in community, being in nature and experiencing the creator. That's wonderful. Um, Eleanor, talk to us about what, what's happening in, in South Alabama. What do you think has changed in the lives of these kind of camper age children um, as they've faced the, the COVID pandemic? Well, we are very fortunate in South Alabama, in Baldwin County, to live where we do during a global pandemic because we have lots of space to get outside. And I believe that our children have the desire to be outside whether that is at camp with their sporting communities, on school field trips, I believe that's what they miss. As much as children and young adults today enjoy being on their computers and being on their video games, I think as we roll into this summer, the computer is probably the last thing these kids want to see. They have done virtual school and blended school. They've been on Zoom probably as much as we have. And it is my belief that they are ready to be in community and be outside, be in the pool, be at mud camp, be in the mountains, be on the bays, wherever these camps are located. I think children are ready. Um, and that's my hope anyway. What do you think, Marty? I know that 
you have a daughter, what, what do you feel like our camper aged uh, kids are going through? And, and what do you think Paradise Point's going to be doing to, to really seek uh, where they are this summer as they uh, kind of experience all the effects of COVID? Yeah, you're right on point, Brad. Um, I've witnessed so much over the year with my nine-year-old daughter that has impressed me in so many different ways. I would tell you that um, I've seen her tech skills surpass mine. I saw her put together a PowerPoint slideshow that blew me out of the water and she did every animation that she could probably figure out. And, um, and that alone, I saw this, you know, kind of this in the growth mindset is how we oftentimes experience what happens at camp is you learn new things, you adapt. Jimmy said it, they're resilient. Um, they, their uh, ability to change within the scope of what's being thrown at them has always been impressive. But at camp, we want them to kind of get back to nature, get back to God, get back to being able to stick your nose in the bark of a ponderosa pine and, you know, talk with your friends about if it smells like butterscotch or vanilla or um, a little bit of caramel. And that to me, is where we start to see what a reset feels like. We've seen something that really puts us into a space that some will feel darkness and some will see that there's a little bit of relief, but also that as we move forward into this, because of this reset, we are much more in touch with who we are as individuals. And to be able to do that and come into a place like camp then builds on the community. When we're in touch with our voice, ourselves, our individuality, then we start to accept others for their own individuality and their own voices. And without that, we can't start to create a community of individuals. And I think that's something that we'll see come out of COVID. It's not um, a, a year and a year plus of what we often reflected as so much change that we couldn't see where the growth minded, the growth mindset came in, I believe will reflect on 2020 in hindsight, as 2020 would say, at a, view, a, a place where we uh, saw campers, uh, you know, understand the value of a friend and the connections that they make uh, and not take for granted what happens when we are, um, you know, together. And what happens then when we, when we leave and we part ways and we say, this is so long and, and not goodbye, that there is a deeper meaning when they say, I will see you later. I will be back. I will come back. You come to camp and you're a part of this family and you make it a home and you find your friendships and your family and your safe space that you always know coming back to it gets that place of reset, gets that place of connections with, um, with well, friends, community, nature, and God. Joanne, you know, a lot of people are, are talking about how, you know, experiences were missed um, when we weren't able to offer, um, or many of us weren't able to offer camps last summer. What about like kind of psychologically? What, what, what do you feel like, um, you know, kids are going through um, after these long 14 months? Wow, Brad, it's almost like you knew exactly where I was going. Um, seriously, my daughter, who is a senior and graduating high school next week, has been interning with a local veterinarian office and participating in distance learning this year, but has not been on her local high school campus uh, until yesterday. And because the school recalled all students back to campus, and she came home and said, I forgot how loud school is. And um, I think many youth and young adults are tired mentally and physically. And even though their community was online, I think many of them have retreated inside themselves 
and they've had hours and hours of screen time for school and socialization. Um, many of them have not been around a lot of people. So while they're incredibly excited to be back at camp or attend camp for the first time, I think some of us may be surprised that some of them may be very overwhelmed with the external stimulus and noise of summer camp. And we really need to meet these kids where they are and what they're ready for. Um, so as staff, we may need to take things a little bit softer during our welcome and let that high energy and noise and camp craziness grow over the week or weeks that our campers are with us. Um, because we really don't know what each of them experienced this year personally. And we wanna make sure that our welcome really is welcoming for all and meeting those kids um, where they are mentally and physically and what their needs are. Julia, I know that uh, Maryland uh, definitely had some um, fairly strict uh, observances of COVID um, protocols and it prevented a lot of Marylanders um, from sending their kids to school. Can you kind of answer the same question? Um, what, what do you feel like um, Camp Wright is going to be seeking to address um, as the, you reopen your camp? And what are so, sort of the emotional, psychological, experiential um, sort of things that y'all are going to be looking to, to really surprise the kids with? Sure. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're going to try to surprise anybody with anything this summer. Um, I think that kids have lived with a lot of uncertainty and fear. Uh, in the last 15 months, especially in in Maryland, the the school restart has felt really unsure. It's felt like a stutter step at a lot of a lot of places. And I know that at least at my house, um, we've tried to be really uh, consistent and ensure our kids that they're safe and loving at home um, to fill all those cups, you know. And when we welcome our kids back to camp, um, we're going to be offering them a lot of the, that same sort of philosophy, you know, we're looking to, to make sure that they know that they're safe to give them the traditions that they've longed for and the rhythms that really center them in camp, right? So we don't feel like a homecoming for a lot of our campers. You know, the last year has taught us, if it's taught us anything, it's how much our, our camp communities, our camp families and our campers love and, 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 and value camp. Um, the kids, the kids are ready. I think they've been so adaptable to COVID restrictions, to mask wearing and hand washing and the, the whole business. Um, I'm really thankful for their resiliency. Um, a friend of mine who is also a camp director described what he was trying to do as um, to make the container of camp, to design what the container was gonna look like, to understand the restrictions, the regulations, the risk, the um, how to manage the virus and uh, make it work for, for his site. And um, then it's the campers and the staff that are gonna fill that container. And uh, they're gonna fill it with all that good stuff that camp's known for, the joy, the laughter, the singing, the energy, and none of that about kids has, has changed really. Um, we, we are anticipating, particularly in day camp, it's like a conversation that's come up a lot of times, but we're anticipating having to do a little bit more skill building with our, our youngest campers, especially, um, the ones who haven't haven't ever been to in-person school or haven't been to in-person school in um, you know in 50, in a year and you know it requires a lot of you know waiting your turn uh, working in the community and um, we're gonna work hard to do it right by them and send our kids back out um, back 
home and back to school confident with the skills that they're going to learn at camp and uh, ready to participate in meaningful community outside of camp. Matthew, you uh, uh, spent much of your life here in Memphis and, and you're serving at a, at a Memphis-based summer camp. I mean, what are you going to be seeking to, to, to do and address after these long uh, 14 months of COVID um, to really shape uh, the, the kids and, and help them to really emerge out of this experience with a really positive experience. I mean, these are Grizzlies fans. These are Redbirds fans, just like you. What are you going to be looking to do? Uh, as strange as it may sound, in all honesty, not much different than what we strive to do every other summer. Uh, our, our goal at, at Mud Camp has always been we're going to get outside, we're going to get away from screens, and we're going to enjoy nature in the most simple and awesome ways possible. Um, it doesn't take much to have a lot of fun. I mean, I'm got a patch of dirt, let's put a hose on it, call it a mud pit, and, and let it become the uh, one of the most favorite activities you have at camp. So that's kind of always been our philosophy here at camp. And that's what I think a lot of kids need right now is uh, as many people have kind of alluded to that it's been a lot of screen time this past year and it's time to unplug, get outside, be in community. And, and I kind of think back to uh, our camp video, one of our, our longtime camp counselors, uh, Jessica Joshi talked about how just, in a normal year, you have all these campers at school who are like, no, you can't do that. No, don't do that. And this past year, there's probably been a lot of that on top of pull that mask up, get away from that. Like a lot of, a lot of rules in, in place and let's, let's get you out to camp and, and, and kind of just let some of those stresses from this past year kind of melt away and, and, and be in community, be outside, just enjoy nature and, and, and just have fun. Absolutely. You know, the, uh, a lot of these places that, you know, we're talking about and representing are, are, are very sacred, sacred natural sanctuaries. And, um, but, you know, with the programmatic piece, you know, COVID has changed how um, camps are having to operate. Um, I realized that there, there could be quite a bit of repetition here, but, um, you know, Jimmy, can you kind of walk us through and then everybody that follows just sort of give any uh, other ideas on how your camp is having to change um, because of this era of COVID. Jimmy, do you mind kicking us off? Well, I, I think um, I think we're blessed. We're all blessed to have resources um, from several places. We all know the CDC, of course. Well, the CDC has been working hand in hand with the American Camp Association, of which many of our camps are accredited, accredited by um, but they all, so the, so the American Campus Association gives us guidance. Um, also in North Carolina, the North Carolina Health and Human Services Department is working hands in hands with the North Carolina Youth Camp Association. Um, and they're able to tailor the guidance for camp. These um, doctors and these uh, scientists and these uh, virology, whatever they are, the CDC, the, the Dr. Fauci's, they know their work, but they don't exactly know camp and how our communities work. And we have a tradition pre-COVID of having a healthy environment. Um, so yeah, there's some things we have to adapt. We, we look at the requirements and also the recommendations. So requirements are things you have to do. Recommendations are things that sort of best practices. And we narrow it down to the big three. And the big three basically are masks, 
distancing and air. So masks in certain situations. When you first arrive, we may have all different check-in procedures, but I guarantee you they're a little different than they used to be. Um, and, you know, but we also work within groups. So we start with cabins and then cohorts or larger groups of cabins and then community or the whole camp. Um, so we'll start out just in cabins and then in cohorts. And, and when you're in your cabin, you don't have to be masked. And then there's distancing within cabins and lower capacities, all that. But we're trying to stay outside as much as possible, but also inside at our place, well, our cabins are just screened in. They're, they're, they're not windowed in. So we have a great ability to, to maintain airflow. Um, so, so it's those three things, mass, distance, and air. And I didn't give a great answer, so I'm gonna pass to the next one. Marty, are there changes coming at Paradise Point? Field guide that they're able to offer us. Uh, we operate um, in the Swiss cheese model. If you're if all familiar with how many different layers of protection can you offer, and, um, and the more the better, obviously. And we started off pretty heavy, and uh, you all remember we're in Idaho, and uh, some of the regulations and restrictions weren't as heavy as others that I've been experiencing just talking with my um, my peers. But that uh, a few things that we're really talking about and, and, you know, going heavy means that as things start to change, it's easier to become a little less restrictive instead of starting to pile anything more on there. The main thing we're really talking about now is are we going to require a negative test, a negative COVID test prior to the arrival of camp? We've been also working with our local health department to see if we'd actually be able to have an rapid antigen saliva tests available uh, at either a low cost or maybe even possibly free so that we can do a midweek test. And so the idea would be that we're, we're anticipating and hopeful that all of the campers coming into camp are healthy, but we also anticipate and are hopeful that we send all of our campers home safe and healthy as well. So those are the main things that we're probably talking a little bit more about in this particular uh, period of time right now. Joanne, are there any safety changes that you're making at St. Crispin's? Uh, yes, so um, just to add on to what has already been said, uh, since we are in central Oklahoma, it can get extremely hot and humid. And so we do not have open air cabins. We have enclosed cabins that have central heat and air units. And so while we are taking the recommendations of the CDC and ACA and doing a deeper cleaning and sanitation of cabins, dining hall, activity areas um, before, during, and after camp. We have actually installed ionization systems on all of our HVAC units, as well as MERV 13 filters, which all of those will kill viruses as it comes through the air units and they will cycle over six times um, per hour, which is required by the CDC. Um, because we also have the enclosed cabins, we will be uh, using a fogger to disinfect the cabins, uh, especially between sessions. Um, and then providing uh, a special disinfecting uh, supply that is, once you apply it, it's used for, it's active for 90 days once it is on the surface. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of that. Um, but again, we, just like everyone else, uh, we are, you know, campers will be participating in activity areas as cabin group instead of self-selection. and. 
Uh, we are allowing our campers to mix outside of the cabins for family groups, uh, which is part of our daily of Christian formation. But other than that time, um, when they're outside, they don't necessarily have to be masked. Um, but if they're getting closer, they they do. So, Juliet, what, what are y'all having to change at Camp Right? Uh, I also run an ACA accredited camp. Um, so I'm, we're doing a lot of things that other people have described. One thing that we decided to do early on that I haven't heard mentioned yet is that um, we have offered for this year only a 100% refund policy. So if a camper or a camp family is exposed to COVID or a family is suddenly uncomfortable coming to camp, um, they can pull out without any financial penalty, sort of like don't wanna incentivize, like, like just sneaking into camp, even though maybe Uncle Gary had COVID or whatever, um, which means that on our end, we're trying to remain really nimble and flexible with our wait list. So we're prepping the first couple of families on the wait list and saying like, you know, you're number two. So if something happens, just so we can get as many children into camp as possible. I am so thankful that we are a rustic camp and we have always spent 95% of our time outside. Um, but a lot of the same things that other people are, are talking about, more hand washing, reducing capacity. We got an outdoor dining tent. Uh, we're scheduling things a little bit differently and uh, keeping that Swiss cheese in mind for sure. Matthew, what about at Mud Camp? What are, what are you having to adapt to? Um, or what, what are you having to adapt um, just in, in, to keep kids safe um, in this COVID era? Uh, I mean, at the risk of, repeating basically what most everybody said. Uh, I mean, we're doing cohorts with our family groups. Uh, we've completely restructured our staff modeling system. So instead of going to an activity, it's gonna have an activity counselor. All of our counselors are gonna be trained in each activity. So there's not that cross-pollination. Um, copying that Swiss cheese model as well, just as many layers of protection as we possibly can have. Um, our, our camp is, is all outside um, unless there's like inclement weather. And then even at that time, we're, we're gonna allow pickup early for those campers if their parents are uncomfortable with that. So, I mean, it's, I think, in all honesty, it's, everything's pretty much been covered by everybody else, so. Will the kids still get dirty? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll still be mud encounters at the end of each day. We still have mud games on Friday. It's gonna be, be a blast. Bring some towels and trash bags for your car seats when you pick them up. So I know that uh, the camping industry has been uh, particularly hit hard financially by COVID. Um, you know, Jimmy, in, in the Episcopal Church, um, can you just tell us real quickly, if someone wanted to make a gift to support the industry overall, um, is, is there a place that they could do that? Yes, Brad. Um, all they need to do is Google Episcopal Camps and Conference Centers. Um, and I believe that's Episcopal CCC. Org. Um, but on there, they can find resources uh, about the camps across the country. Um, you know, Episcopal Camping Conference Centers exist not just to uh, support, um, well, excuse me, I was going to say, you know, it, it supports all of us through, throughout the country and it enables St. Columba and the others represented here to be better, um, better than they could if they were a standalone camp. Um, the, the services that ECCC provides us, the advocacy, um, the benefits um, for health and, and for pension, it's just, 
innumerable. And, and during this pandemic, the amount of resources and education that they provided to all of us helped us get, get, get through all this uh, programmatically, financially, creatively, all that, and, and to be prepared for this upcoming summer. We have just a, a few minutes left on Faithfully Memphis with uh, Bishop Phoebe Rofe. I'm your guest host, Brad Thompson, Executive Director of St. Columba, right here in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, before we uh, have one closing uh, song, because, you know, most camps end with a closing song, um, I was hoping just to ask you all uh, just a real quick um, what's your favorite memory of camp? Uh, many of you grew up um, attending camp, um, but, you know, just maybe a, a especially one that um, informed or involved faith, whether either your uh, faith or watching somebody else go through a formative experience. Jimmy, do you have any stories like that that you can share? Uh, this is what came to mind, but it's, it's kind of foolish, but I was uh, a child at camp in the late 70s, and I and it was, I went to get communion and I spilled the whole chalice down my front of my shirt. <laughs> you can laugh. Faith can be messy, can it not? <laughs> Owner, right, what about you? Right. And the thing that I've missed the most is the closing Eucharist of each session. There's no more special moment than to see children celebrate our Lord and then see their parents seeing them celebrate God and the emotion that is on the parents' faces really reinforces the fact that what we do is so important. Marty, what about you? Any, any special memories? Lots of special memories, Brad. I'll tell you the one I use and it's my go-to and I'll just pull it up real quickly is that, uh, you know, you have these first time campers showing up to camp and, and um, very anxious parents that are dropping them off and they don't exactly know what they're getting themselves into. And of course they leave camp and before they even get out to the gate, they're calling to make sure that their children are, are safe and sound. And of course we have to let them know that they, your campers have already essentially forgotten about you. And um, the parents have to leave with that in mind, but uh, you know, hearing through the, the week from the parents, how's my child doing? But then upon pickup, they're coming in and they're excited to see their children. And the first thing they do is, um, I remember this so specifically, mother saw her daughter crying and weeping and uh, ran over to her and said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what did they do to you here? And her daughter said, mom, I don't wanna go home. And that alone meant everything to me. That was the compliment of the year when all of a sudden mother felt reassured that her child was safe the entire week and that it was such a safe space that that home didn't and there was nothing wrong with home it just meant that they had an incredible time that they were sad to leave and that I'll always remember. Joanne what about you any special memories of camp? Uh, one of mine is watching one of our priests Mother Janie uh, sitting on the floor with the elements the bread and wine for Eucharist and she was surrounded by seven and eight year olds. And it, she was explaining the Eucharist and that it's you know a Christian ceremony commemorating the Last Supper. And um, it's the Eucharist service that we uh, celebrate in the Episcopal church. And she was truly meeting those kids where they were and letting them ask questions and to touch and see so they could better understand the experience importance of participating in communion together. At Camp Right, everyone would circle up in this old barn and uh, cross their hands right over left and sing this special song. And I always went to camp with one of my 
dear, dear friends. And uh, I can remember the feeling of, you know, squeezing myself between her and a favorite counselor and uh, passing the squeeze around the circle and singing that song that uh, campers before me, counselors before me had sung and um, that future campers would sing and that, that just the air was just thick with, with wonder and with community and love. And it was um, just really, I, I can I can still feel it, what it felt like to be in that room. I can smell it, you know? Um, and it was just really sacred time spent with people I love um, at the end of each camp day. I hold on to that. Wonderful, Matthew. There are too many to count, to be honest, but uh, one thing that's kind of going through my head is uh, at, at our staff trainings, a lot of times I'll kind of tell people that being a camp counselor more often than not is a thankless job. And it, it, unless you stick around for like 10, 15 years, you're not going to see the effect of what camp can have on a camper until they're older. And uh, since I'm now in like my 15th year of working at mud camp, um, I've actually been able and blessed to see some of these changes of, of people I have had as campers when they are, are children and have now had them on my leadership team and have worked side by side and seeing that just that, that shift it has, has, it truly means something to me as someone who like went from being the camper to working alongside my mentors and role models um, and now being able to kind of share that with people that I've seen grow up and, and have been counselors too. So that's really a special moment. To all of our uh, listeners, I want to thank you for listening in to Faithfully Memphis with Bishop Phoebe Rofe. I was your guest host, Brad Thompson, Executive Director of St. Columba. I want to thank all of my guests, um, these heroes of Episcopal camps across the nation, Jimmy Hayden of Canuga, Eleanor Reeves of Beckwith, Marty Beck of Paradise Point, jo Joanne Kovac Roberts of St. Crispin's, Julia Zahn of Camp Wright and Matthew Earhart of Mud Camp in St. Columba. Um, you are a gift to, to children and to Christ's love. And I wanna thank you all for joining us today and, and talking about the ministry of, of camp. Your people